welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. We've had several investors ask us how we launch a new investment offering. And on today's show, we're going to take a look under the covers for what it takes to launch a webinar to inform investors of a new investment opportunity. When we have an investment opportunity in our company, we inform those who are already connected with us by email. We might also get new people inquiring about our offering as a result of referrals from friends. The primary means of communicating is as simple as sending out an email. Sounds simple so far. But whenever the conversation is between our team and potentially dozens, if not hundreds of investors, we need to be extremely organized. Many weeks of work goes on behind the scenes before the webinar can happen and before that first email goes out. It starts with our customer relationship management software. This system is very tightly linked into the company's email flow. In order to have a meaningful dialogue with investors, we need to be diligent in answering questions and keeping track of conversations that we have with our investors. That CRM system really facilitates that. It also helps us keep track of those people who have said they're, they're not interested in the opportunity. We don't want to be reaching out to them after they've already said no. That risks poisoning the relationship and closing the door to future work together. The CRM also helps other team members who might not be part of the initial conversation with a potential investor to get up to speed on the investor's goals and objectives without having to restart the dialogue from scratch. But we need to back up even more. Long before we reach out to investors, there's a week's worth of work behind the scenes. It starts with developing a very detailed financial model of the investment offering, making sure it passes a stress test of numerous different scenarios. After many, many iterations of review and due diligence on the financial model, we're able to construct an executive summary of the offering. In the case of a fund offering, we need to determine which projects would be candidates to include in the start of the fund. Most obvious choice would be to take existing projects and use those to seed the fund offering, but that could also create a complication. By changing the ownership of those projects from an existing structure into the fund, there could be a negative impact on the existing loans or the loan applications in progress, which would ultimately delay those projects, merely as a result of transferring them into the fund. And so for the most part, we elected to keep those projects separate and out of the fund for that reason. Once we have the executive summary, we use that to engage our team of securities lawyers who do more than simply create a private placement memorandum using a template. They take the time to understand our project, the offering, the investors, and the structure of the sponsor team. Our legal team takes care of forming the entities required for the project and preparing the offering memorandum, the company's operating agreement, and the subscription agreement. In total, the package of documentation is north of 150 pages and often more. This is a critical step in the process. And sometimes the legal paperwork ends up delaying the launch of an offering. There's numerous reviews and revisions. This is necessary because there's a ton of detail. The same information gets replicated in multiple documents, and we have to make sure that all of the documents are consistent with one another. The key in any capital raise is to ensure that investors' questions get answered. We obviously try to anticipate investor questions, and we prepare the executive summary and a presentation with those anticipated questions in mind. But we can't anticipate all questions. Sometimes an investor has a new question that we didn't answer in the executive summary or in the webinar. Maybe the investor simply didn't understand the way we had worded something. Either way, they don't get their questions answered in a satisfactory and timely manner. They're not going to invest. And the CRM software makes sure that questions from investors don't get lost. 
We also invest heavily in integrating systems. Our investor portal provides a dedicated account for each potential investor. While not everyone in our ecosystem gets an account on the portal, they only do if they invest or if they ask to be added to the portal. Now, when we're dealing with accredited investors, we've got a regulatory requirement to affirm that each investor is indeed accredited. It's not enough for them to declare that they're accredited. That confirmation can come in the form of a letter from the investor CPA or from one of the online accreditation services. In that case, the investor uploads their financial information to the accreditation service, who then review the submitted information and then provide us with the accreditation letter. That way, the investor's private financial information is kept confidential, and we don't have to see any of that information directly. The Investor Portal is a place where investors can see all of our upcoming projects. They can get archived copies of investor reports, due diligence reports, and any financial disclosures. They also get copies of tax documents like K-1s. All of these systems get tied together using systems integration. So, for example, when an investor signs a document, we get notification through our internal system so that we can take the appropriate next steps in the process. We integrate the webinar software with our customer relationship manager software so that when someone registers for the webinar, they automatically get added to the customer relationship manager. And that way, we can track our communication with that potential investor. But it's not as simple as just adding a new entry in the CRM. What if they were already registered? Now, do you allow a duplicate entry to be added? If there's two entries for the same person, which one do you delete? Do you risk deleting information from past interactions if there's two entries? See, it gets complicated quickly. All of these systems need to be integrated, tested, and made sure to be working. Because we're using off-the-shelf software systems and then integrating them, each one of these integrations needs to be tested and retested. It's also possible that future upgrades to one of those software systems could cause a communication path to another software to stop functioning. And then finally, the presentation gets loaded into the webinar software and our in-house team completes a thorough review of the slides. All of that work happens behind the scenes before the very first investor joins the webinar. So today shows a little peek under the covers to see how we put together an investment offering. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>